So we have a new event at the bar in the Barnes household. We discovered it a month ago. I've only seen it once. Rosemary's seen it three times. We have a mouse. And it's lurking behind the refrigerator. And I don't, I've, I've got this special putty thing. Uh, and me and any kind of work uh, that has anything to do with construction of any kind is a disaster. I've got so much putty on one wall behind the refrigerator. It's ridiculous. And the hole's only that big. And it's got a monster. And uh, I think I put in too much because I think it puts stress on the walls. But I'm plugging up all the holes. I've got three different kinds of traps. I about broke my finger with that old kind of trap. Uh, and we st he's just lurking. And he we can hear him. If I come down at night, stares on. Uh, he's he's problems. He's smarter than me uh, because he figures out all the places not to go. And we put down the big tape things, and we put down the go in and get st stuck for everything. So we know he's there. Lurking in our house, we just can't find them. We're going to talk today about other things that lurk, not in your house, in your heart. And things, things that can lurk in your heart that, can, that we need to get rid of. We need to set the traps or it'll be a trap for us. Yeah, Colossians 3.3. I will start back there and then we'll get to the focal passage, Colossians 3.5. Colossians 3.3 says, For you died to this life, Bob, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. You died to this life. Your past, your past. You died to your past. Your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in his glory. Yeah, what, what, what happens to us is Christ comes in. The problem is I still remember some stuff. I still remember some stuff I looked at. I did. I, I still remember. So... It, Paul's going to talk to them about, hey, take this seriously. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Lurk, that's such a good word. Have nothing to do, and listen to this list, have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires. Wow, this whole first thing is all about sex. Evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater. Worshipping the things of this world. Worshipping the things of this world. So there's two different things there in an interesting way. We, it, follow, follow God's direction and constantly sanitize your mind and your heart. You know, we have hand sanitizer on the table. And, and it's very interesting watching different people. Uh, we've got one lady in this office who probably sanitizes her, her hands every couple hours. Uh, I remember every now and then to sanitize my hands. Um, but she's probably never going to get sick, and I'll get sick. So the, the, but the Lord, why didn't you give us a hand sanitizer for our eyes and our brains? And our, I did, Bob. It's called this. It's called this. The problem is we let other people do this work. We, if the only time you're in your Bible is when someone else is teaching or talking, that's not going to do it. That's like, you know, that's, that's like me calling Charlie and saying, Charlie, have you talked to Rosemary lately? What did she say? Yeah, there's no relationship there. I got to have it. I got to have it. That's why he gave us this book. So, follow God's directions and constantly sanitize your mind and heart. Your mind and heart. Mind. What you allow yourself to think about. What you allow yourself to think about. Yeah, it says in 2 Corinthians. I love this verse. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. It's, it's things that get in here. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. 
So the, there was a restaurant that Rosemary heard about. Uh, if I knew how much it cost, I wouldn't have gone, but she knew about it. It's called Pelican something or other on A1A uh, at the end of the sand in Fort Lauderdale in, in a hotel. And we went in and she wanted to eat outside. And she's facing me, I'm facing the beach. And I said, let's switch seats. And she said, why? Let's just switch seats. The, the women there weren't wearing anything. I've never seen any, I, I, there's like, they, they, didn't, they didn't even have that. I mean, for any part of their body. I've never seen anything like it. And I said, I just can't stare at the speech. And it's so funny watching a woman because she, we've switched seats and she's staring out there and she's, oh, you know. And then two weeks later, she said, can we go back there? And I said, number one, it's too expensive. Number two, it's too costly for my brain. No, no, we can't go back there. If we go back there, we're eating inside. Well, the whole reason to go is outside. Oh, that's right, I forgot. How do you forget that? See, the problem is, it, there's a video in there. There's a video in there. Yeah, and after your mind is your heart, what you allow yourself to desire. What you allow yourself to desire. Yeah, there's such an interesting passage, and it's written, it's written, it's Psalm 1, it's written by David, but here it is right here. If you don't stop thinking about this sin, you will start desiring this sin. So you remember David, David, when he was running for his life, was very godly and did a lot of good writing. Uh, and then he became king. And then, and then he was very successful. And then not one wife, but five wives. Oh, and 200 concubines. Oh, and then he takes a nap one, one day and comes out after his afternoon nap. And it was, was the, the passage starts, it was a time when kings went off to war. But obviously David, I don't, not doing that anymore. Not doing my job anymore. He comes out on the porch and looks down into the, into the city, and his would be the highest part of the city, and there's a lady named Bathsheba, naked, taking a bath uh, on her patio. And that's the way you did it. You went out on your patio, you had these big terracotta things of, of water, and the sun of the day would heat the water. She wasn't doing anything wrong. But he went out there and stopped, stood, and called for her. Even though his his two guys said, no, no, you know her husband, you know her dad. Yeah, listen to Psalm 1-1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of the mockers. Walk by it, stop, stare at it, go get it. I'm, I'm sure he's in pain when he writes this. Blessed is the man who doesn't cave into that. So put to death, so put to death the sinful earthly desires lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires. Don't be greedy for a greedy person. For a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. Yeah, put to death sinful earthly things lurking within you. Lurking within you. They're in there. Bob, you've got to get them out. And you get them out by filling your mind and your thoughts with this book. Get him out, get him out, get him out. Yeah, I, a, a guy came to tour from Jacksonville with his board, and he said something, are you paranoid? And I said, what does that mean? He said, there's a window in every door. And then we sat around the table in your office, and your, your office has a glass wall between you and your admins. I said, okay, maybe I'll go with paranoid. I don't want to mess up. I don't want to be accused of messing up. Because in this day and age, all you have to do is be accused, whether you did it or not. I don't want to be accused, but yeah, I want to know, 
we're all being watched all the time. Yeah, father, yeah, lurking. Because every now and then, an old lurk comes back. It's like, whoa, whoa. And the other thing is this, I don't want to miss what he has for me. I, want to, I don't want to stray to the point where, okay, we're not going to use Bob. Done. A key to helping us understand this warning from Paul is the word lurking. If you wouldn't do it in public <laughs> or talk about it in public, ask yourself, is this a lurking sin from my life before Christ? If I wouldn't talk about it out there in public? You know, Rosemary's hilarious because I do this, this talk Tuesdays and then um, today and then again today. And last night we're talking and she said, um, you know, some of the things you said about sex in the Tuesday Bible study, this one's being taped. Be careful. And I don't know what you're going to do when the staff is in the room and it's half female. And it kind of, oh, I didn't think about that. Maybe I should move on from this one right here. Uh, I, I think they need to know so they dress properly. So they help us out. There was a time that um, Benetta walked a lady to the car uh, after I met with her and told her, don't ever come back dressed like that. Thank you. Thank you. Because if I say it, oh, he's been staring at me. Oh. Put to death the sinful earthly things lurking, lurking. Yeah, and such as, and it's amazing what Paul goes for. He's going to talk about other things in the weeks to come, but sexual immorality, impurity, lurking, lust lurking, evil desires. Wow. And there's an amazing verse in the Beatitudes, Matthew 5, 27. You have heard the commandment that says you must not commit adultery, but, it's one of the seven but I says, but I say, anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. How, how important is this? Well, the next verse in this Matthew passage. So if your eye, even your good eye, <laughs> causes you to lust, gouge it out and throw it away, it is better for you to lose one part of your body than your whole body to be thrown into hell. Wow, this is a pretty radical come at us. And they didn't, they didn't dress in those days like women dress in these days. I, I, I'm amazed. That, where, where, where were your parents? Wow. In today's culture, we have to be so much more careful about dealing with our minds and the temptations the evil one plants in our path. This is a coming after your heart, you know. This isn't just some blase thing. This is coming after you. And so Paul said, put it to death, Bob. Put it to death. Put it to death in your brain. Put it to death. Yeah. And he moves on to another one. Uh, it's kind of interesting they're in the same. I, I, I worked and worked and worked to see, are these two connected, sex and greed? I, I'm sure they are, but greed is a whole bigger thing. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. To be greedy is to want something for myself to the point of making it a priority of my life to get it or have it. No, that's good. Yeah, that is good. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is, this is funny for me. This Bible study is my devotions. Um, I do devotions, and then I'm, I ha I'm a tactile learner. I have to be typing or whatever you call it. And then all of a sudden it becomes this. So I made a list. Um, 
there's a slow progression to the sin of greed. First, I want that. I want that. Then next, in order to be happy and fulfilled, I need that. And here's the worst one. Yeah. I deserve that. You want to read a great book, it's probably 40 years old, by R.C. Sproul, called The Holiness of God. R.C. Sproul's an amazing writer. You probably have to be my age to even remember him. Have you ever read any Sproul? Yeah. And you're old anyway, though. Yeah. He has a chapter in there, you don't want what you deserve. And you read it. What you do deserve is hell. You deserve hell. He actually put, it was awesome. He put it in there. But I, how many people do I know that they've reached a point in life, I deserve this. Yeah, there's a guy, I'm gasping to remember his name, I think it was Fred Roach. But Fred was, uh, owned a company in Miami, and uh, strong believer, and he decided, this is what I need to live well on. Anything after that is yours, Lord. The end of his life, before he went to become Secretary of the Treasury, the end of his life, he was living on 10% of his income and gave away 90. God knew he could trust him. Here, 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 here. And amazing, amazing giver. Amazing, yeah. What, 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 what I deserve, Lord? Yeah, Marcus Aurelius. We become what we think about. Hmm. Your mind is the most important garden. Keep weeding it, and you will produce the fruit God has for you to produce. And you will produce the fruit God has for you to produce. Yeah, and the next verse is scary. The, ne the next verse is verse 6. Let me read it. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. Because of these sins we just talked about, sexual and greed, the anger of God is coming. I need to constantly sanitize my thinking, reminding myself that God's ways are the very best plans for me. Very best plans for me. And I, my, probably one of the biggest things I had to get past was a, a main phrase of my dad's, Bobby, money makes the world go round. And, and then coming here and not, not really making anything. I was making half what a public school teacher makes. Rosemary was a public school teacher. And then she has the audacity to get pregnant and, and want to be home. Yeah, uh, somebody should have talked to us about that. And then, in, in the interesting thing of God, a man comes to town from Dallas and offers me a job. He, he and his wife take Rosemary and I out to dinner, offers me a job in Dallas, in a, in a ministry job. And uh, uh, I said to him, when we're done, we'll pray about it. We get in the car and we're driving out of this restaurant that I too nice for me to have ever been at. And Rosemary, this is not her. She's not a confronter. She's an intellect. She says, that was disgusting. And I said, what does that mean? She said, you weren't even listening to him until he said what the salary was. And you leaned in. I did not lean in. You leaned in. I'm telling you, you leaned in. What are you doing? That's your dad talking again. Yeah, it, it's in there. Yeah, God's ways are the very best plans for me. I've got to sanitize stuff that we wouldn't sometimes think, well, is it that bad? Yeah, we each have to first understand why we need to stop living the lives we were living before Christ rescued us. Why were we doing that? Why were we doing that? Yeah, 
Why do we need to stop it? Because I want the plans he has for me. You know, I, I think if I were to advise God, not that he ever needs any, it, it would be better if he would have created us with a floating flat screen that stands, that just, in our whole life, it floats on the top of our heads, shows everything we're thinking. We'd, we'd, we'd all get these big sheets and put them over them as we walked around town. Yeah. But he sees everything you're thinking. Your Abba, your Father, sees everything you're thinking. Yeah, each of us, we, we each have to come to grips with the fact that the sins we used to, quote, enjoy were enslaving us. They were enslaving us. Yeah, we, we were, couldn't, couldn't wait to do, do, look, click on, see, what, enslaving us. Causing us to miss the great plans God has for us. Causing us to miss. And he's got, he wove us together in our mother's womb. He knows the plans he has for us. He's got great plans. And he knows us so intimately. I, I love the one phrase, he has the hairs numbered on your head. It means he didn't just know us once. And for some of you guys, that's pretty easy to count. Uh, zero. But anyway, has the hairs numbered on our head? Wow. You know me like a, like a mama knows her baby, her newborn. Yeah. Causing us to miss. Causing us to disappoint our father. Causing us to disappoint our father. And we need to grab onto that. He loves you like you're his only child. We don't want to disappoint him, and he knows what you're thinking about. Yeah. So put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, or evil desires. Not just the sexual immorality, but even thinking about it. Even watching it walk by. Even going, whoa, stop. The greatest encouragement is to know that you won't be walking away from your old sinful life alone. Christ is with you. Christ is with you. Yeah. It says in 1 John 4, 4, But you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over these people because of the Spirit who lives in you, who lives in you, is greater than the Spirit that's in the world. I can do this, but I have to want this. Hourly. Hourly. I have to want this. That means a relationship with Almighty God. I have to want this. I have to want to be the person God created me to be. It's a constant job accomplished by constantly stripping off my old thought life. This is accomplished by developing a daily relationship with Christ. A daily relationship with Christ. But there's another thing here, if I were to continue my outline. Who do you hang out with? Who do you hang out with? Do you hang out with people that love you enough to say, don't do that? I've probably told this story before, but I've told all my stories 10 times, so it doesn't matter. But you have to walk, when you come into Benetta's office and you walk down this thing that's about as wide as this table right here to get to my office. And I came out of a bad meeting with somebody who doesn't work here anymore. And, uh, I, but I, I quit in the middle of the meeting and came walking past Benetta uh, through this little aisle here to my office. And Benetta was looking at my face and she said, well, that didn't go well. And I tur turned around to my office and said, you know what, I'm going to finish it. She got up, and, and I'm coming out of my office, and she stood there and blocked my way. I said, Ben, get out of the way. She said, you're going to have to knock me over. I said, I'm not going to knock you over. I'm asking you to get out of the way. I'm not getting out of the way. 
go out your back door, get in your car, and go for a drive. That has become a legendary story here because she rescued me from me. She rescued me from me, my anger, what might come out of my mouth. You need people around you who love Jesus more than their job and know what their ministry is. And know what their ministry is in every way. Bottom line, he's got a great plan for each of us. And when, when he's done, he's bringing you home. You know, when Roby was done on a college campus, I didn't leave my son there. I went and got him. He doesn't belong there anymore. When he's done with you here, you will have the incredible, unbelievable privilege of getting to where you belong forever and ever and ever. Amen. Wow. And all the people, my mom, I'll run into my mom. My dad came to Christ the last day of his life. Wow. So I don't want to miss... Lord, this is the day you've made. And I love that you said this is the day you've made, not this is the year you've made. One day at a time, Bob. It's one day at a time. Be a noticer. Who can you bless? Who can you bless? So I was at lunch yesterday up in Fort Lauderdale. Um, um, yeah, asking for money, whatever. I was at lunch um, yesterday, and the guy is a believer, and we were having fun. And our waitress, our, our little, probably 30-year-old waitress brought us a plate, and they said, hey, we're getting ready to pray. Is there anything we can pray for you? And I've never seen a look of panic like that. I mean, she had her mask on, I could tell she's panicked. No, no, I'm good, I'm good, enjoy your meal, and walked away. And we were laughing so hard, and uh, she kept coming back, and I kept thinking she's going to ask for prayer, but she didn't, and if I'd say, where are you from? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm from Venezuela, and she walked away again. And so, uh, Collins and I looked at each other and said, we need to leave the stupidest, biggest tip on planet Earth. She saw us pray. She thinks we're religious wackos. And typically, we, we have a reputation of being horrible tippers, Christians do. We, and we left a stupid tip on that table. And I almost wanted to turn around and go back in and see the look on her face, but I knew that would, be, that would take it all away. And she had to go walking through. Charlie left a stupid big tip. I mean, when I'm talking, when I say my tip was stupid, his was gigantic stupid. And for, and for I know you, I know you're mad at me now, but that's okay. You talk too much anyway. Um, and and Patty went in, opened it up, came out sobbing, and said to him, "This is too much. This is too much." And she's just sobbing, this single woman. And uh, and I just saw, wow. Wow, this is what we're supposed to do. They know we're believers. And so you're, when you go out to eat, it's a ministry. And I, I always ask for one of two, because I want to develop a relationship. One of them now has come to church with Rosemary. Uh, Patty probably is not coming. Um, but we're still going to ask, still going to ask, still going to ask. Um, you belong to God. You're his ambassador. They know. And unfortunately, just about every one of them has run in to an angry, horrible Christian. They love to tell them, why are all the pastors in this town having affairs? I was actually asked that. And I said, well, there's 1,200 churches in Broward County. And yeah, in, in a two-year period, we had five out of 1,200. I'm pretty sure that's not every one of these pastors. And I said, but I will tell you something. Pray for your pastor. I don't have a pastor. Yeah, I, I was confident of that. Um, I did say that and she laughed. But, but the bottom line, 
is pastors are the target. When the head of FPNL has an affair, it doesn't make the newspaper. When a pastor has an affair, he's a target. He has got to keep big time accountability around him, friends around him, and guys praying for him.